0: It's time for the Rose Chat Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating the world's most beloved flower, the rose. Join award-winning gardeners Chris Van Cleef and Teresa Byington as they chat with rose lovers and experts from around the globe. With each episode, you'll gain valuable knowledge and insights to achieve the rose garden you've always dreamed of. Listen now as we explore the world of roses. Try Haven Brand Soil Conditioners, providing generations of gardeners with a truly all-natural alternative to chemical fertilizers with their line of composted manure and alfalfa teas. Easy to brew and use on all indoor and outdoor plants. Find them online at manuretea.com.
1: Hey friends, today Rebecca Coradum of David Austin Roses is back with us. Now, the last time she was with us, we chatted all about Rose Fragrance. If you missed that episode, go search for it in our list of podcasts. It was fabulous. Today's going to be fabulous, too, as we learned from her all about growing roses in containers. So, hey, Rebecca, welcome back to Rose Chat. Well, thank you so
2: much, Teresa. It's a pleasure to be here again. And you know what? Uh, I was actually just told in a meeting um, with my U.K. uh, cohorts in England that the U.S. is so much further advanced with container gardening than they are. Can you believe I'm telling you this?
1: (laughs) Well, I'm thrilled to know it, but we hear about it all the time. It's a topic that we get questions on constantly,
2: Yes, yes. And here's what's so cool and why you and I are so excited is that you can actually grow roses very successfully in containers.
1: Absolutely. So um, let's start off with what are some reasons for growing roses in containers?
2: Well, you know, the the reasons are many, but where most people are going to start is it's a great way to add color and fragrance uh, where you have no ground, like a patio or a deck or a terrace, or if you're very chic, a rooftop garden. Mm-hmm. So um, that's kind of where people start. The other way that, or reason why you mo- may want to do this, is your soil is absolutely horrible. Maybe you have poor drainage or too much clay or sand or rock. You know, the United States is incredibly diverse. And you may even have some listeners in Canada or other parts of the world. But depending on where you live, each of us think we have the absolute worst problem um, (laughs) with our soil. But growing in a container um actually can remedy that without any digging. Uh, it may be your way that you find the sunny spot in your garden. Um, you know, many of us enthusiasts have planted, 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 and there's no ground space left. Or all these sunny spots that are soil are taken. But when you're gardening in a container, you can actually position that pot where you get that perfect light condition, some morning sun and perhaps a little protection from late afternoon scalding sun. Let's not forget Containers can be used for powerful uh, design uh, features. You can use it to accent something uh, like a doorway. It can be a focal point. Let's say you have roses in the ground, but you want to have something down on axis that's this beautiful, beautiful um, uh, pot uh, for your eye to focus on. Let's say those roses are in the ground, but you want to create interest and rhythm and repetition within a border. And that border could be a rose uh, rose border or a perennial border. Um, and, you know, let's say you don't have a lot of space. Um, where do you go up? You go up. You literally could plant a climber in a pot and go vertical with your garden um, to maximize a small space and you know then perhaps you're downsizing and and you've been a big gardener all your life but it's just too much so perhaps you're turning to container gardening to kind of reduce your workload or you're like my daughter and you're just getting started and you're a little intimidated by putting too much in the ground and you say, let's start with a container and see how it goes. And then if you're like my mom, um, it's you're gardening in a container because of accessibility. You don't have to bend as far. You don't have to walk as far. So pick one reason or multiple reasons and there's so many great reasons to be gardening in a container
1: I think I think most of those I'm actually taking advantage of um but probably the biggest one is I'm running out of space in the garden when you have as many roses as I do I have to tell you I mentioned to my husband Mr. G about having a few pots of roses along the driveway
0: Mm -hmm. But he gave
1: me that look, you know, that sort of the side eye look that I could tell he was still (laughs) taking that under consideration. Because Uh, I said a few, I just said a few. But when it comes to roses, we often differ on math and just how many a few might be. (laughs) And I'll tell you the driveway is the prime space for his tomatoes. Uh So I may or may not get pots there, but I do use the deck. And it is so nice to be able to move something around that's looking particularly good when you have company coming and maybe hide the one that's, you know, already had her moment in the sun. That's big.
2: That is a superb point. You know, on my deck, I actually have um, tree roses in pots, mm. and some of them flower at different times, and or if if something is smelling especially uh, fragrant. I have these pots on casters, so mm-hmm. I'll move the one that is the prettiest by where you come up the steps and kind of tuck the one that's like past prime mm-hmm. around the corner and um, it it's nice and you can't do that with stuff that's in the ground. Mm,
1: true, true, true. So can all roses be grown in containers?
2: Almost. Not Everything is uh, suited to a a container. I would say the lion's share of the David Austin's do incredibly well. Um, You know, when you start looking at Drift Roses and Star and other brands, they offer a lot of varieties that also do well. I think when you get like a really large-scale rose, like we don't really recommend Graham Thomas in a container because it can get pretty big. Um, That's when you start saying, okay, let's be a little more practical. Um, (laughs) But like Gertrude Jekyll, we totally recommend putting her in a container and she's one of our climbers. So that said, The size pot you choose, Teresa, may open that up for you. Uh, Regardless of um, what type of rose you put in the container, you want to use the largest pot you possibly can for the space. And uh, what I always tell people is deeper is more important than big around because roses tend to uh, have a deep root system. So um, I try to aim for something that is about knee height on me, um, roughly give or take. I'm about five, eight, um, five, seven to five, eight, depending on the day. (laughs) And, and that's kind of my rule of thumb. Now, You can break that rule. You can buy a little two-quart rose and start it off in something smaller and then move it up. You can even, you know, if you're keen to container gardening and you've planted a lot of annuals and perennials in pots, you know the rule about push and shove. Just put them in there, fill it out, max it out. (laughs) So let's say, um, you've bought little two quart roses online and you've got this nice big whiskey barrel that you want to do something with. I give you permission <laughs> to actually put three to four small roses in that whiskey barrel for this summer, um, And you can be a judicious pruner for a couple of years and let it grow into one large, lovely mound. Um, But in a couple of years, you know, maybe three years, you may have to unpot and then put each one into something a little larger.
1: What a great idea. Wouldn't that just be
2: beautiful? Oh, it would be fantastic. And um, I'm telling you that because I've done that.
1: <laughs> so you mentioned um deeper was better. And yeah. um but I'm wondering what are the best containers to use? Clay pots or would anything work or well it all goes back to where do you live?
2: Um you know everyone loves that luxurious Italian rolled rim pot. Um <laughs> they're phenomenal. That's what they use at David Alston. But you have to realize their climate there is fairly mild in England. So remember that diversity talk that we had <laughs> at the beginning of the, the podcast? Depending on where you live depends on the type of pot you're going to choose. If you are up in a really, really cold area, say you're a listener in Minnesota or upstate New York or Indiana where it gets a little colder than other areas, you want to select the pot wisely. It needs to be preferably frost-proof or something that is not going to freeze, thaw, and break into shards. Mm-hmm. Um, search your local garden center uh, for those pots and see what is recommended in your area. That's going to be incredibly um Uh, important. The other thing is, if you're in a really, really cold area, you may not want to leave that pot out all winter. You may want to have it on casters or have access to a ball cart where you can let the rose kind of go dormant and then wheel it into a garage um, once it has gone dormant. And we'll talk a little more about cold hardiness later. But let's say now you live in Southern California. You're down in San Diego and it gets hotter than Hades. <laughs> and, and um, you know, winters are quite mild. I normally recommend glazed pots to customers there, um, or a plastic pot, something that is going to re- retain moisture as much as possible, uh, because terracotta and whiskey barrels, even though you can totally use them, they're going to um, uh, lose moisture faster mm-hmm. than something that has a glaze on it, okay? So, just just a hint uh, to you there.
1: Um, that leads me to start thinking about care. Um, yeah. And you mentioned the drying. Um, you know, they're getting hot, or getting dry, right, or getting right. cold. So, are would you say that care tips for growing roses in containers is different from growing them in the ground?
2: It, it is because remember, everything that the rose is depending on has to come from you. So let's start with the soil. Um, I would not. Put a seed starting, a very lightweight uh, soil mix in my pot. Uh, I would put something that has some water holding capacity. A lot of times, if you're um, unless you're really into gardening and you've got your own rose. Uh, soil mix you have uh, perfected and you like using. What we recommend at David Austin is that you do something that's like a 50-50 mix that is um, a commercial compost mixed with a good quality potting soil that has Mm -hmm. a little bit of water holding capacity to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing you can do is look for something that says container vegetable soil. That tends to have a little more water-holding capacity, but you don't want anything too light or you will be making yourself crazy watering every day. Oh,
1: no. Yeah, that'll take the fun out pretty quick. It it sure (laughs) will. So
2: then the next thing is, um, can you use potting soil that already has a slow-release fertilizer in it? You sure can. Uh, It's your choice you can use that or you can use something that has nothing so you can control uh, your soil I actually like to get something that has a little bit of slow release fertilizer in it because then I know I'm starting off um, and that slow release fertilizer is going to release uh, appropriate amounts as the temperature increases okay okay so that's something to take note of. Mm-hmm. The other thing, when you are potting, um, let's say you've bought a David Alston from your favorite garden center and it's in our our um, branded three-gallon square plastic pot. When you are planting that, um, I like to add a little bit of mycorrhizal fungi uh, down into the soil um, because Mycorrhizal fungi helps the rose help itself. It's going to help it take up water. If you're planting a bare root rose and you've dug the hole down in the pot and you've kind of made the little space for it um, and you've pulled the soaked bare root rose out of its container, while those roots are still wet, sprinkle some mycorrhizal fungi on those roots and then go ahead and plant. Now, as you know, we recommend planting deep in the ground when you're you're working in the ground i'd like to recommend the exact same thing for planting in containers i normally tell people in and i say mild areas meaning like the south california that whole band along the coast where it doesn't get too too cold i would say you're in a uh, zone 7 i'm fine with you planting it so um, the bud union or the crown of an on root rose is maybe an inch below the top soil line. If you're in a really cold area, you may want to uh, plant that graft or the crown of that on rose about four inches deep mm-hmm. down in the pot and cover it up uh, just to increase a little bit of hardiness for you there so uh, something to consider. Water it well. Remember how we water. You know, there's a a kind of a joke in the nursery trade that the owners are the ones that water because they're protecting their investment. And watering (laughs) is the hardest thing to do at a garden center. You don't make rainbows and wave your water wand around. You water right down by the roots You make sure that the soil is super saturated, water is flowing out of the bottom, your container should be heavy, and it should take a while to water well. Mm -hmm. And there is no formula for how often you should water. It's just that you want that soil to be moist and then slightly dry out, but never fully get dry and Mm -hmm. absolutely never want it to stay sopping wet which means we need a hole in the bottom of the container.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, when you said that about nursery owners, I'm thinking of, of, of one of my favorite small nurseries here locally. And yes, the owner, he does the watering. <laughs> if anyone else does watering, it is under his strict supervision.
2: Absolutely. And Absolutely.
1: his plants look the same in April, May, June, July, and August, if the plant is still there, it still looks fabulous. Yep. And that is not true of every place that you can buy roses or any plant. That watering, that consistent watering, because at any point that, that breaks down, mm-hmm. so does the health of the plant, whether you can see it or you know, immediately or not.
2: Mm-hmm. You're exactly right, Teresa. And, you know, if you uh, travel a good bit during the summer or you're just busy, you've got kids, you've, um, you know, got a lot going on, there is no shame in hooking up spaghetti tubing for a drip system. But <clears throat> what I would like to tell you is pay attention during that first month that the drip system is not flooding out the pot, and it Mm -hmm. is also uh, providing accurate water, you can go to uh, any garden center and even order online um, a pretty easy to put together drip system for your containers. And it's quite convenient. Just monitor it during that first month, Um, Or if your weather is fluctuating, I live in the uh, Pacific Northwest. So sometimes we're still getting summer rain. And that means me turning drips off because Mm -hmm. we're getting too much rain. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you you know, it's it's uh, it it helps. But you still have to um, monitor, as they say, the farmer's boots are the best fertilizer Mm
1: -hmm. being
2: present is the very best care.
1: And and it's our pleasure, and and it's the pleasure of the plants as well. Yes, absolutely. What about uh, deadheading pruning? Same goes for um, containers, do you think?
2: Yes, it really does. And in a container, I would say you can be even a little more aggressive with your pruning. Remember, uh, when you're deadheading um, or collecting blooms to bring indoors for an arrangement that is all a form of pruning mm-hmm. um, and so you know a lot of folks tend to think oh, I can only prune my wo- rose once and that's got to be while it's still dormant before it starts flushing out <laughs> that's not true you know, in, especially with David Austin's, Alston, they're pretty vigorous growers. And if you're in a nice warm area and your rose is really happy, it's going to grow. And so if you need to reduce it by half, don't be afraid to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on where you live, you kind of want to start slowing down uh, with the pruning as fall is approaching because you don't want to stimulate new growth you kind of want to let the rose do its thing now you're going to get that wonderful fall flush of flowers um and that can start in august september october and even go up into november depending on where you live in the country snip those off enjoy them but then you know kind of let the plant go dormant um And depending on where you are, there's different ways to let that plant go dormant. Um, Sometimes you can just be carefree and let the plant do its things. Other times you want to kind of force it into some dormancy. And that may be that you need to cut the canes back to 12 to 24 inches and take off the leaves and say, hey, you got to go to sleep now. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: yes we need to remember we need to remember that we are in charge (laughs) that's right winter
2: is coming and depending on where you are you can either leave that pot outside i've never moved mine in i'm in a zone seven here and uh some winters it seems like a a 6b um other winters it's a, a 7a so i just leave everything in place and it overwinters beautifully But other times you're going to let it harden off outside, okay? And if you're choosing to bring it indoors, then um, you want to do so in a cold garage or a cold storage house. Because remember, cold to you and me is not cold to a rose. Um, Before we ship these, these roses are in cold storage and that, that temperature can range from 34 to about 38 degrees.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: that that helps them stay dormant before we ship the bare root rows.
1: I didn't realize that. Yeah. That's really good to know because, you yeah. know, we do think about, you know, do we need to put a coat on them? You know, we love these things. <laughs> and so we do want to provide the right kind of care. So it's good for me to know. Exactly. So if you have
2: a heated garage, it may actually be too warm. For your mm-hmm. rose um, you know it's okay for those roses to get down into the 20s in a garage um, and even the teens on a few nights if they have gone dormant it is not going to hurt it here's something I want you guys to know about container gardening it's not always cold that kills the plant it's cold dry and wind <laughs> that can kill a plant yeah. or it can be Cold and uber wet that kills a plant um, with no drainage, so you know just kind of think about that for a little bit and um, uh, even for roses in a garden, cold and dry and windy is will kill a plant faster than roundup.
1: Wow yeah. So you have to watch for that. That's why we you know tie up our climbers and we here in the in 5 b and we, we do some pruning of those really long canes, even though I'm going to do more pruning in the spring. I will prune down so there's just no flapping in the breeze because we do get wind here for sure.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I have read on some of the Rose Society pages, but always, always, always check with your local garden center and uh, Rose Societies to see what they're recommending. I've seen where some folks will um, wrap in a dark fabric because um, or even a dark plastic like a black garbage bag because that uh, black think about all your winter coats. What color are they? <laughs> They're dark because they make use of the sun, right? And they heat up. Um, I've, I've read about people doing that, um, providing expert protection that way. Um, and I, I've heard them moving them to a sheltered side of the house. Um, but You know, it's very, very possible to um, enjoy those roses in a really cold climate and um, have them come back for you. And then I've heard of people just treating them like an annual, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but that's an expensive annual.
1: (laughs) Well, I, I did an experiment the last few years. Um there've been times when I had lots of pots on the deck and times when I just had a few. And, um, but often we took them into the garage, which is not easy to do. You know, you get your cart out and, and uh, it's, it's, you know, they're, they're heavy. So um, about three years ago, I decided that I was going to leave them on the deck and um, I have a place where I can keep them out of the wind and against a brick wall. So the Mm -hmm. first year, I think for two years, it was Bathsheba. And she gets pretty big. Yeah. But but I thought, okay, if I lose Bathsheba, I'm just going to get her again. I'm just going to do this experiment. And I really didn't take as good a care of her as I learned to do. You know, after I saw how well she did, I thought, okay, we're going to actually do this. So Bathsheba did great. She is now uh, doing great in the ground because Mm -hmm. I finally did move her out of the pot. But this past year... I left out two ladies of Chalant, a lady gardener, and a couple of other roses, even a hybrid tea, which I don't have many hybrid teas, but I've got them against that brick wall. I I cut them back, not a lot, but I cut them back to probably, I don't know, 20 inches, Mm -hmm. and uh, mulched to their base, and they've been green all winter, and they look great.
2: That's so, fantastic,
1: so you know your 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 area changes, and we know things you know do seem to be warming up and and um so you know you just might you know at least give one a try because if you don't have to move them inside, it sure is a lot easier
2: <laughs> It certainly is, and I tell you yeah. what roses are so crazy adaptive <laughs> um, I've seen customers all right, so we sell Lady of Shalot. Everywhere, all right? Every (laughs) single state, she does great. Um, I've seen customers in upstate New York have her in a container, and she repeat, that's super. I have seen customers in Houston, Texas, have her in a container, and they had an unprecedented cold snap a couple years ago, and the person lost it. And why is that? Because the rose had adapted to Texas. its climate, to its Texas climate, so it's quite interesting. And uh, one size doesn't fit all. It's kind of like, you know, um, I saw I saw a cartoon that was pretty cute um, uh, last year, and it was this person that says the first day of spring. And it's like says it's like 45 degrees and the person is out in shorts and woo-hoo, <laughs> it feels so nice. And then it says the first day of fall and it says that, you know, it's 65 degrees and the person is all bundled up because now 65 feels cold to this. <laughs> it's
1: absolutely fact. That is yeah. a fact. <laughs> we are. Yeah, we are products of our environment.
2: Yep. And so are the roses. (laughs) Yes,
1: they are. Well, this has just been great. Now, I'm thinking, you mentioned that whiskey barrel. So I want to know a little bit more about your growing zone. Tell us a little bit more about that whiskey barrel and the roses that you have in containers.
2: Absolutely. So, you know, I am always on the lookout for a good bargain. I think like most people are. Mm-hmm. And um, here they they tend to be wine barrels because in um, the Pacific Northwest, um, I'm not too far from Woodenville. And every now and then you can find like a wine barrel or a whiskey barrel somewhere. There's a lot of distilleries here. Mm-hmm. So that is on my to-do list. And I actually have uh, Emily Bronte and Eustacia Vi coming in. Roses were um, in such short supply last year. As the U.S. rep, I didn't even get a rose. (laughs) Oh, oh, thanks Gabriel. for sacrificing for with us. <laughs> so I actually have Gabriel Oak, Emily Bronte, and Eustacia Vye coming in that I'm excited about planting up. And I think I also have a, a Princess Anne just because – That is not a new variety, but that's a classic Mm -hmm. older variety that is just known for being really disease resistant. So I'm going to play around with those and see what's going on there. I have my tree roses on my deck that are doing quite well. One, I think I'm just going to have to unpot it and and get another pot or, or or do something with it because the holes in this pot will not stay unclogged no matter what i do oh, no. i'm i'm not looking forward to this chore cuz these are Big pots. So I know my husband's going to be watching me like a hawk because it's going to make a mess. And I need to put a heart down. He's going to be giving you that side eye. I'm going to get the side eye. (laughs) And so I'm thinking what I'm going to do with this, this problem pot is I'm actually going to transplant this tree rose into my border.
1: Mm -hmm. and add a little
2: height there and um and you know so this is something you can do with your container roses they aren't there forever and ever if you don't want them to be don't be afraid to redecorate because Mm -hmm. in essence when you're working with containers you're kind of being a decorator in a way and um so I'm going to play around with that Um, I actually have a lady of shallot that was so happy it overgrew its bounds and it never got properly espalied. I had one on either side of the chimney and shade happens and Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) I had an evergreen that has just it caused it to get a little too lanky. So I had some yard work done this winter and they came by and chopped up my lady of oh. Shalott, and i just oh. <sighs> so i'm gonna dig her out and give her a new position in the garden and uh re-espalier the other one so i've got my work cut out for me and it's gotta <laughs> happen in the next two weeks
1: <laughs> you know you mentioned um repotting or unpotting um uh, let's talk a little bit about that um, yeah about um about how long could a rose typically stay in a container? And then, how would you go through that process?
2: Yeah, what you know, what I can do is, as long as the rose looks happy, and it is flowering prolifically, let it stay there. It's okay. Mm-hmm. But in that, probably, kind of the next year, or sometimes midsummer, if it has put on a lot of growth, you'll see it starting to look a little. Hungry, a little puny, Mm -hmm. and that is an indicator that it might be time to move into a different pot. Okay, the best way to do this is to water the pot well so that the soil kind of holds together. Carefully tip the pot on its side, and put on some gloves and kind of. But I put a tarp under it on the side that you know the rose Mm -hmm. is going to be coming out of. Carefully pull the rose, the best of your ability, out of the pot. If it is totally just root bound, there is very little soil left there. You think of it just like you would if you just bought a potted plant from the garden center. It's the same idea. You can actually, if you have to put it back in that pot, you can actually make vertical cuts down where the the roots are and loosen things up and do some root pruning and put it back in the same pot uh if if that's what if it's a design thing that you're trying to do um, you can opt to put it in the ground in the border if you're mm-hmm. like okay i've tortured you enough, you <laughs> into the ground or you can step it up into the next size pot and um, the other thing, too, is always remember, like, if I put it into the next size pot, can I manage it if it's time to, you know, put it into something else? Mm-hmm. A lot of rose enthusiasts actually will just grow in black plastic nursery pots um, so they they can have a lot of different varieties at their beck and <laughs> call and their at their fingertips.
1: Oh, Um, I, I see that so much, especially in places like California. I mean, there's gardens of hundreds of roses and they're in those black pots. Yeah. And even if they put them in the ground, they put them in the ground in that black pot.
2: You're exactly right. And, um, I don't do that, but there is nothing wrong with doing that if that's mm-hmm. what you want to do. Um, but on, on those, you got to pay attention to watering and you do need to pay attention to, is it time to step it up into the next nursery pot? Mm-hmm. So, or am I going to just root prune it and put it back in? So, um, yeah, you know, there, there's a hundred right ways to do a lot of things and, you um, you know, gardening keeps us humble.
1: <laughs> it does. It does. It really, really does. And that's that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And things are always different and changing. But that, you know, that keeps us interested. That keeps the garden interesting. Um, when um, people see, you know, pictures of my garden, or they followed my blog for some time, and then they come here, they'll say, you know, like, where is that? And I thought, you know, well. She could no longer live there because the tree got too big or, you know, I mean, gardens are ever changing. And so, so we're good with most anything that we want to do within reason.
2: (laughs) Right. That's exactly right.
1: And uh, the the main thing is, you know,
2: enjoy. Is it bringing you joy? Mm -hmm. Because my heavens, over the past two going on three years now, our gardens have been our refuge and they've kept us sane they've kept us healthy um you know and are you happy and Mm -hmm. that's all that really matters we could sit here and talk about the proper way to combine colors and you know all this that and the other thing but the the big thing is are you happy and are you having fun and if you are keep doing it
1: keep doing it. And, you know, and we have not had the supply and demand that we used to have whatever we wanted, pretty much we could find it. But, you know, there's, there's even been something special in that and that what you can find becomes more special. And, um and you're very grateful. And so yes. that, it's added another element that, you know, we can't take things for granted. Mm-hmm. And um, so that too can be a good thing. It well, sure can. Now that I have you, so tell us what's new at David Austin. Absolutely. Well,
2: when you go into your garden centers this year, you're going to see a slightly different color branded uh, pot. We are so known for our British racing green pots. Mm -hmm. We have kind of doing a branding update, and now they're going to be more of a Cotswold green, a little softer green. Um, You're seeing kind of updating in our uh catalogs um uh new for this year at retail with silas marner which is uh absolutely lovely uh pink rose and the country parson and that sold out very fast the country parson is a, a beautiful soft yellow that goes to almost a creamy tone uh both very fragrant and both great in containers um I just got this myself, and I'll be honest, I think these are going to be available in the U.S. They may have been published just for England, but um, the 2022 Handbook of Roses special 60th edition, because this is kind of marks the 60th anniversary, or last year kind of marked the 60th anniversary um, of David Austin Roses, wow. and that, that happened with the onset of um, really constant spry, mm-hmm. and coming out in 61. Um, so that's exciting. Uh, over the pond, they are introducing Elizabeth, which is is absolutely stunning it's larger blossoms lots of of flowers in a cluster this lovely lovely kind of a flat flower um a soft pink that will uh, fade to a blush. And then a variety that I absolutely hope that they're going to be bringing to the U S called bring me sunshine named after the song. And uh, Mr. Alston absolutely loved um, kind of the comedy duo uh, called uh, that, that did uh, bring me sunshine. It's a, a, a British uh, thing and I, I was reading that um, mm-hmm. he actually had, uh, or they played "Bring Me Sunshine" at his um, funeral services, oh. which is a very upbeat, uh, happy, mm-hmm. just you know, really warms your heart. And I, I love the way that rose looks, um, and I'm excited about it. So let's all hope that that's going to make it stateside,
1: and um, I. I Think that's one for us to watch. Oh, that don't so it's so many fun things to know. I love yeah. behind the scenes sort of bits of information, so that's great. Can't wait to see the new pods, that's awesome. And, um, so thanks for bringing us up to date, absolutely. And you know,
2: I say this all the time, there has been. Never, never been a better time to be in love with roses and with growing roses. Um, you know, everything that we're coming out with, the Romanet is just exceptional. Uh, people are going to be finding some Gabriel Oak. And Gabriel Oak's going to do quite well in the, the cooler climates. I think um, Emily Bronte and Eustacia Vi are going to be a little better for some of the warmer uh, climates, but the fragrance is just mm-hmm. really, really there. The disease resistance is there. The Ramanansi is there. Um, what more can we ask for, you know?
1: Absolutely. I, I think across the board with all the roses that I'm seeing coming from the different companies, I mean, it there is a lot to be excited about. We have hybridizers that are really, really doing a great job at bringing the public what they, what they want.
2: They sure are. And um, I am thrilled to see see these advancements, like you said, across the, the board. It, is, mm-hmm. it has never been a better time to uh, be in love with roses.
1: There literally are roses for every situation, every gardener. I mean, there just are so many good choices
2: there sure are.
1: Rebecca, this has been fabulous. So thanks so much for taking time to join me today and all the great information. Oh, Teresa, thank
2: you so much. And uh, it's always a pleasure.
1: Well, friends, we're so glad you're here too. And we hope that your questions about growing roses in containers were answered. We hope you were inspired. And until next time, have fun in your garden.
0: You've been listening to the Rose Chat Podcast with Chris Van Cleve and Teresa Byington, expert rose gardeners who want to help you achieve the rose garden of your dreams. Don't miss an episode. Listen anytime on our website at rosechatpodcast.com or listen on the go via the Rose Chat app on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Share this podcast with your social networks and join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by using the hashtag #RoseChat. Join us next time for another edition of the Rose Chat Podcast. The Rose Chat Podcast is a production of the Rose Chat Media Group, Birmingham, Alabama.